We're going to get in the word. I got a word for you today. If you will turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to pray really quick for this service. Father, I thank you so much, God, for your divine word. We thank you, God, um, that you have something specific for us today, Lord. And I pray, God, anywhere that our hearts have been hardened or our minds have a mental block, that you would soften those things up and open them, Lord, and just speak to us, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that uh, as I speak today, it will be less and less of me and more and more of you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, we are in this epic series that Pastor is going to be wrapping up really soon when he gets back. Um, and it's been so good. I love this series. Who wants to live an epic life? Who wants to be a part of that epic journey that God has? Come on, we should all want to do that. Your life isn't for nothing. Amen? He didn't create you because he wanted a bump on the log. He's like, no, there's something special and amazing about that person that I'm breathing my life into, and I've got something epic planned. Last week, Pastor Ron talked about choices, as Andrew covered during communion. Um, and I love that. It was such a good sermon. And I, I remember when he was talking about men coming back from the encounter as an example and how they're just seeing things differently. They got rocked and they, they want to see things differently. They want to make choices, um, in a different way. Um, and I believe that choices and change are connected. If you start making choices, well, we should be expecting some change to come, right? So change is what I'm going to be talking about today. Who loves change? Yeah, change. No, some of you, there's not usually more people on the change side of things. Um, But change is going to happen no matter what. Change is a part of life. Even if you decided you wanted to be that couch potato that never moved and never did anything and avoided as much as you could, you still are going to age and things are going to change. Like, you can't escape change. It's going to happen. Um, but let's look at Abraham. I have, I have four... Four people I want to point out and some observations of change that I noted from them with a, you know, a, an extensive 30 minutes into every character. So cool two hours will be here. Just kidding. Very much a joke. Brent's like, I'll see you later. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to go quick. I just want to hit a few things. In Genesis chapter 12, uh, God tells something to Abraham, one of the fathers of our faith, something really good. Are you ready? Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. He says, I will make you a great nation. Come on. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And you and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Come on, that's a good word. You want that spoken over you? Wouldn't you like that for your family and your life? That's good stuff. I will make you a great nation. He's talking to one man. Out of you, a great nation. I will bless you. Come on. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Jesus. I will make your name great. People will know of who you are, and it will be a good thing. You'll have an outstanding reputation, and you will be a blessing. We'll be a blessing to God, and we'll be a blessing to the people that we come in contact with and we meet. He'll bless us and bless the ones who bless us and curse the ones who curse us. So he's got our back covered 
and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. What a word. That sounds good. Well, let's read the verse before that. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we read verse 1, 12-1? It says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. There's a price. That's a little bit of change. I didn't go through what Abraham went through, but I understand leaving the land of our fathers. I moved up here from southern Louisiana, and I had visited up here a few times, but I wasn't, like, close friends with anybody at that point. And, like, not like I had, like, lifelong friends in Louisiana. I have no family up here. Not going through what Abraham went through, but just understanding a little bit. Right here, we see him telling him to leave his country, his relatives, and his father's house. So we, we have the pain of living in a different culture, right? They speak a different language. They have different traditions. We got the pain of leaving behind his friends and his relatives and his homeland. And the risk of leaving his secure homestead to an unknown place that God was taking him. It was unknown. God didn't tell him where he was taking him. But I want that blessing, Lord. (laughs) Change is inevitable to those who live an epic life. If you're going to do something epic, if you're going to partake in this epic journey, get ready for change. Change is part of it. And what I want for you, church, is to be equipped to handle change. That when change occurs in the back of your mind, you're already kind of ready for it. You're not taken back and you're not holding on to something so tightly that you won't allow God to use you because you're not ready for change. You hear me? Change is going to come. We've got change happening right now in our building. It's because our church is growing and God is doing new things here. That's a good thing. I want to be a part of it. And there are some decisions that happen or just like changes that come. And on the inside, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, like, if that's a great thing or not. Or No, it's not mine. We just talked about this during offering. Nothing's mine. Everything I have is because he gave to me. So what am I freaking out about? If the change is going to come and like, really, what am I going to do to stop change? You're going to stick it to the man. You're going to stand up and say, no, we're not going to change. Like, they will just move you and just change around you. Like, it's not going to stop it. I know that I want to be relevant here and now to whatever God is doing, and I don't want to be stuck in some old ways. Let me tell you what won't change. The Word of God. The Scripture is an anchor for whatever season that we go through. Change is going to come, but the word of God does not change. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? That means the God who wrote all of the Old Testament and created the earth and sent the Israelites to the wilderness, and the God who wrote all the New Testament and sent his son to die on the cross for us and built the church, like, he's the same God, and he's here right now. And he has an epic plan An epic journey laid out for us, and I want to be a part of it. So I got to be willing to accept change. You got to be willing to leave like Abraham did. And that can be hard. But leave behind whatever it is we have to let go of.
Um, yeah, okay. It's easy to think change is fun if it's exactly what you want it to be. But that rarely is the case when it comes to change. Right? The change comes and it's like, oh, I don't know if I love that. <laughs> I don't know if that's amazing. So what are you going to do? <laughs> um, I want to ask you, are you ready to say yes to hardships? Not just like be thrusted into it, because there's always going to be problems that are going to get dropped in our lap. And we're like, okay, now we got to deal with this. But can you look at God and know that hardships are coming and say yes to those things? That's when it counts. That's when it really means something. That's when we know where our heart is at in the moment. You know what I mean? It's the difference between like, okay, yes, let's do it. And it's like, I don't want to do it. Like the the heart of the two-year-old in Kmart who's just like throwing a fit. Like that's not the heart God is looking for, right? Come on. I want to say yes to those hardships. Let's look at someone else. Matthew chapter 19 Verse 16 through 22. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Who is this? The rich young ruler. That's right. The rich young ruler. What must I do to have eternal life? He said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. That's a good one. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. Hey, just so you know, I tell that to those teenagers on Tuesday nights and Monday nights. You don't see an improvement there. You come talk to me because I lay that one out. You better listen to your mom and dad and not backtalk them. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> those are some good commandments. The young man said to him, all of these I have kept. Which at first when I hear that, I'm like, really? Like you messed up on any of those? But I guess we could keep them and make mistakes and just be okay. But he's saying, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. He wasn't willing to make that change that we're talking about. Um, and I want you to see something here. Because I am not a rich young ruler. <laughs> That's not me. <clears throat> Yet at the same time, this is all of us. Well, Aaron, I don't have millions and millions of dollars worth of stuff to sell. That's not the point here. That's not what he's talking about. What was being challenged here was his value system. You have a value system. And that's the thing that God's going to come at. The rich young ruler was faced with change to make in his value system. He valued the law and his ability to obey it. He valued his money because of the security and the prestige it gave him. Jesus met him right there and challenged his core values. That's what Jesus is going to do to you. He's already done it to you in a lot of ways. He's challenging your core values. So I'll make this point to you. God will ask you to give things up to continue your epic journey. It's going to happen. 
He's going to ask you to give things up to continue your epic journey. And you know what's crazy? You are going to give something up no matter what. Even if you decide to say no to that epic journey, what you are doing is you are sacrificing part of the blessing that God would have to you. You are sacrificing some of the time that you have uh, on this earth to be a part of the plan or to be a part of this ministry or whatever it is. You're going to give up some purity. You're going to give up something. And I, so I love that obe- the, 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 the word obedience is better than sacrifice. It always is. It always will be. And so when God says, I have something for you to give up to continue this epic journey, if you say no, you're going to give up something anyways, and it's going to cost you, and you're not going to continue that epic journey until you're able to do what God says. The rich young ruler couldn't do it. I don't want to be the rich young ruler. I want to be able to say yes, and I want to be able to let go of the things that God challenges us on so I can be a part of this thing. Are you with me? And some of these things, man, they're, uh, they're going to be parts of us that like, they're like they're in us. Like it's part of you. There's going to be things that we have to let go of that are like, like you just got to deal, do away with. Romans t- chapter 12, verse 2. You don't have to turn there. A lot of you probably know this verse. Romans 12, 2. We did this Tuesday night with our youth group. I read this and we said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. That's good. Do not be conformed to this world. I've been made in the image of God. He breathed his life in me. I need to be conformed to whatever he made me to be. I need my mind to be cleansed. It says by the renewal of your mind. And then we have to test things. It says discern what is the will of God and to test things, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think about laying everything out on a table and sitting across from Jesus and just pointing out some things in our life and like you're, you're, you're physically sitting across Jesus Christ and just evaluate your life really quick. All of you just think about your life and think, are there any things in your life that are unacceptable? Any habits, any sins, any things that, any things that you know God doesn't want you to have in your life. Any compromises. If they're unacceptable, what we were talking about was like, get it out. <laughs> Sacrifice those things. It's unacceptable. That's the thing. Because it says, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. This is really unacceptable. There are those things. Like, to go to that next level, that some of you just like finally need to step up, make that choice, like Andrew and Pastor Owen were talking about, and say, I'm done with this. And then let's look for that change. But then there are other things that you're going to have to give up that aren't necessarily bad. Things that you have just be made sacred. Because like even the rich young ruler and his money, is it a sin to have money? No. Money is a good thing. I want more money. <laughs> like, it's not bad. That's the opposite of, of being poor. God doesn't want people to be poor. I don't preach the prosperity gospel, but I know he wants me to prosper. Amen. But if God asks you to give something up, a relationship, a thing, a hobby, something that God is saying, like, I'm not saying that that itself is sin. I'm saying that is keeping you from the journey. 
down the road and you don't give this thing up, you're not going to be able to go any further. He's going to, he's dealing with things inside of you, things that you've covered, things that you've just kind of made sacred behind you, things that just like, that's where he's going to go. Something on the inside of us is going to have to change, 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 change. Um, and that's really what it is. Uh, I, I tell young people all the time, <clears throat> I think it's so funny and ironic that the more they try to change themselves to be different, the more they look like everybody else. It's crazy. Like it's so like they think they're being so original. And then when I just sit back and look at them, I'm just like, you're just another one of them. Like it's, it's, it's kind of it's sad in some ways, but it's just like that identity thing that they're still working out. Um, but the thing is, we need God to change us on the inside and you can't do it yourself. This is where you coming and relying on Jesus is so important so that that change that we're talking about can take place on the inside. You with me? Rich young ruler couldn't do it. I want to do it. He's going to ask you to give things up on your epic journey. Prepare for it. Some of you have already been running from it. You're not going to go any further until you deal with those things. Let's look at someone else. You ever heard of my man Gideon? Gideon was a cool guy. You can read about Gideon in Judges chapter 6. I'm not going to read that just for time's sake today, but Judges chapter 6 is a good story. Gideon, Gideon was a guy who goes from hiding and misbelieving and just fearful to courageous and a leader and someone who is cleaning house in Israel and like, Towards the end of that story, he's even calling out other Israelites like, you better get your act together and be a part of what's going on here. And if you get in my way, I'm going to come back and get you when I'm done. And he does. He does. He comes back and he gets them. Um, but this is like this real transformation that takes place. What I really love about Gideon, though, is when we see Gideon, he is down in the dumps. Israel has been taken over by the hordes of Midian. The Bible says that them and their camels were too great to count whenever they showed up. Just like Midian, like all over the hills. And just, they would destroy all of their crops. Every time Israelites started growing something, they would show up and eat all of it and just take it. And they couldn't do anything. And they were being judged, rightly so. But they call out to God because they're ready for a change. And he sees Gideon down in the wine press threshing wheat. When you're threshing wheat, you usually do it on a threshing floor. And threshing floors were on a higher place where there's a good breeze, where they could whip the wheat. Uh, an ox could help them or whatever it was. They could drop it, smack it, whatever it was. And the chaff would blow in the wind while the heavy grains fell down. So all the papery, nasty stuff would be gone, and you would just be left with the golden prized grains, the good stuff. He, however, is in a wine press, which are usually in low places where things will run. It's usually in a hollowed-out rock area or down in a low place where there's cover so you don't have things falling into your wine that you're trying to make in the pressed grapes. And it's usually cooler in those areas and things like that. Not a good place to thresh wheat because there's no breeze there. There's no threshing floor, nothing to sift it through. So I cannot imagine the labor, like the, the picking out of the chaff. 
trying to get these few grains to make something to eat. Just defeated. He's hiding. Because if the Midians see him with that, they're going to take it. Scared, looking over his shoulder. And God's like, my man, I'm going to use him to bring. And goes through quite the transformation. He doubts God. Of the smallest clan in all of Israel. Why are you using me? That's exactly why he wants to use us. In our brokenness, in our defeat. Come on. That's how he likes to use us. I want to tell you, like, if you're defeated right now, if you're in a season of defeat, if you're in a, in a season where, like, circumstances have been bad for you, if you've made bad decisions that have led to poor fruit in your life, like, you are still quite primed for God to do something amazing in your life if you're willing to accept this change that he's going to bring in us. If we're willing to say yes to some hard things. But Gideon, man, when he gets through saying yes to God and he passes these heart checks that God does in him and he has him like chop down these, all, the altar to Baal and these Asherah poles and burns them up and defeats all of the Midianites with 300 guys and just experiences all these amazing miracles and chases them out of here and deals with his own people. If you look at the beginning of the story and the end of the story, Gideon is not the same guy. So my next point is this. We get changed through the journeys that God take us on, especially the unpleasant ones. It's in those unpleasant moments and those journeys that we go through that God does something so amazing in us. I, it's because of the brokenness in me and the poor decisions that I made that God made me the man that I am today. He used those things. You've all heard it. What do you, what the enemy meant for your destruction, for your bad? What, what, what does God do? He turns it around and he uses it for your good, for those that love Christ Jesus. Don't be afraid to say yes to the change that God is doing. Gideon was scared. But God convinced him. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Your request, it's not a demand or a command, right? We are appealing to the king of everything, right? We request it to him, but it says also be made known. I think that's intentional too. Don't just like tell your request to God and then just hope it changes. It says be made known to God. Church, we got to be on our knees praying. When I, when I read this and I say let your request be made known to God, I think about God hearing something that Sherry was praying about to God. And an angel's like, did you hear about this God? And God's like, oh, I already know. She's prayed this request to me a thousand times. Like it has been made known to God. He knows it. We do those things with thanksgiving in our heart. And then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ. Change is coming. And a lot of us have a hard time with change. Whether it's a loss of somebody or something, it's a job thing, it's a house thing. Um, it's just, I don't know, when some things look different or they're hard to go through, like we freak out and we lose our panic, which part of it is rightly so because we're human beings that do not have this whole thing figured out. 
we can act like we got our stuff together all we want. <laughs> but just watch when big change comes and then we're just like, Bleh. just really get the wind knocked out of us. I can't tell you how much I've had to rely on that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It is beyond our comprehension. Where people in the world have every right to be freaking out, I do not. And I won't. That's what's going to set me apart. Why are you so calm, Aaron? Let me tell you why. You hear me? And you need that. And so like when insecurity and just like panic are raging in your mind and you have a loss of courage and decisiveness in your heart and you just feel defeated, this is when you need to pull on that piece of God more than ever. It's good. It's good that change is going to come and that anchor in the word and who God is can be there for us when it happens. And then lastly, as I wrap up, let's talk about Peter. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's another good word, huh? I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, let's talk about Peter. (laughs) That's an interesting verse that God says to him. Because Peter was a screw-up with a big mouth. His own wisdom, strength, and self-confidence constantly got him in trouble. He cut off a man's ear in anger. He was called Satan by Jesus himself. And he denied him three times when it counted more than ever. A rock that you're going to build a church on? Really? I feel good now, don't you? And I feel bad for poor Peter. Like, he's the one that we pick on all the time. Like, it's so easy to read back about Peter and just be like, Peter, you're such a, what a, what a clown. Peter getting in it again. But it's like, we just like evaluate everything he does in scripture. I'm glad that I'm not in the Bible. Like, my life. (laughs) Peter went through a transformation too. Um, And it was for the better, because if we look at Peter after all of this happens, look at him at at the day of Pentecost. When 3,000 were added, just like that, just the bold preaching that he did from there on out and the standing before leaders and multitudes of people. And just like he did, like he started the church right then and there using his mouth and he became like he was just different. My last point I want to say to you is the epic journey and the change it brings are also necessary for us. It's not just a good thing. It's not just a byproduct. Like I would say like this epic journey that we go through and the change that it brings are something that we all desperately need. You are not okay as you are. You're not all good. No, I'm fine. I'm good. No. You're not. God has so much he wants to do in all of us. Like there's a transformation that I made from like sinner to believer and just like night and day difference. But then there's also like 
He's still taking me through this journey. There's always purification happening. There's always a new level of sight and vision that I'm getting for things and just stuff that I got to let go of. You get that? Like, you haven't arrived. You don't arrive until you die. That's why I'm so encouraged by uh, Bishop and Rod Aguilard. Brother Rod was always so encouraging for me, even as a young man when I lived in Louisiana. Just like the older he got, the faster he ran. Like, that's weird. I don't get that. <laughs> He's just always so excited and so encouraged. And he, oh, what, what does he always say? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And that's so true for you too. But there is a price for those things. Change has to happen. And that's okay. The epic journey and the change it brings are necessary for us. So Peter turns from that screw up with the big mouth with an anger problem and denial to he owns it and becomes who God has called him to be, who renames him. Some of you need a new name. Some of you just had like death and luck has spoken over you and that change. Like you need this journey to happen because you are just not living the way God has called you to live. <clears throat> we need the trial and the change. It's in our weakest moments, remember, that Christ can really shine. So I'll end here. Who saw Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Raise your hand, Rico. I know you saw that movie. <clears throat> Lord of the Rings is amazing. I'm not talking about the Hobbit movies that came out. Those movies are garbage. I don't care who... Yeah, thank you. Thank you. They're terrible. There are not enough points in those things to redeem them. But the original trilogy, so good. And I'm going to spoil some things for you because I'm going to reveal the ending. But spoiler alert, the movie came out almost 20 years ago. Go watch it. They're so good if you haven't seen them. Um... But they start with uh, four hobbits, short, tiny, little three-foot-nothing, like they're adult, full-grown. That's just what hobbits are. And they're just the most incapable, how-could-they-be-asked-to-do-anything type of character. And I love that. I mean, that's us. We are the most incapable, how-could-God-ask-us-to-do-anything type of character. But without going into anything else, they partake on this incredible, huge, long journey. And they make their way back home, all four of them. Yeah, spoiler. Um, and they're sitting back home after this journey at the end, after everything's done. And they're sitting back in this pub where they used to live and see each other all the time. And they're sitting across from each other. And man, life is just as it always was in that little town with them, everything happening around them. But they're just quiet and they're just kind of looking at each other. And it's just like, how could we ever go back? Like they're, they're just different. They're not the same people that they were before this thing happened. And that's a good thing. And you can still appreciate where they were at and what they fought for. And they're, they're glad that they did those things. But just like, how can I ever look back? And we need that type of change in our life. And those things are going to happen to us as we go on this journey. You need to know there is so much more. 
there is so much more. Like, I know this, this can be good here. Some of you need change because it's terrible where you are. And I got to get out of here as fast as I can and need God to do something. Yes, I'm with you. That's one aspect of it. There's others of you who are pretty comfortable where you are, but you need this experience to change the way you see things and to take you on the next leg of the journey because God didn't have you in this one area to just stay forever. You mean I got to move? I'm not talking about physically here. I'm talking about whatever God has for you in this journey you call life and family and your career and whatever it is. He's got a calling for you and change is necessary. And I don't want to look the same. I'm glad. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a sinner just like everyone else on the face of this planet. And I have to guard my heart and my eyes just like any man does. But when I got saved and then God has done some incredible things to me, there are things from my old life that just like, ugh, like I just, the taste. I don't crave those things. I don't want that anymore. You can wave it in my face all you want. It doesn't appeal to me anymore, Right? You get what I'm saying? Like, we need those experiences. But then we also need to continue moving on because he takes us to those next levels and those next levels and those next levels where, like, he's still pulling out the weakness and the insecurity and the pride and the lust and the just the yuck that's inside of the heart of man. Change is inevitable to those who live an epic life. God's going to ask you to give things up to continue your epic journey. We get changed through the journeys that God takes us on, especially the unpleasant ones. And this epic journey and the change it brings are necessary for us. Amen? Stand up. I want to pray with you before we leave. God, I thank you so much, Lord, for this epic journey that you've called us, God, called us on, God. I thank you, Lord, that when this change shows up in our life, God, that we don't have to panic or freak out. We can say yes to even the hard things, God, because you are a rock. Your word is an anchor, Lord, and you have great purpose for us. And you did not send your son, Jesus, to die on the cross so we could live in fear and panic and move around with no identity and no purpose. That's not who you are, God. We ask, God, that we would be able to uh, act according to how you want us to, God, that we can handle this journey to the best of our ability. We trust you, Jesus. I pray that you would uh, speak to everyone in here, Lord, as they go about their days, their jobs, as they go home with their families, as they go to bed at night, God, would you just reveal things to them, God, about change and the things that you want to do in their life to help them make change where they made choices already, Lord, where they can see a difference there, God, and you can speak to them about the things that are good and perfect, God. Anything that's unacceptable, God, that you would make that so glaringly obvious that they have to get rid of it and be different and embrace that change, Jesus. We love you so much, God, and we thank you for what you've called us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Be blessed, church. I love you so much. Have a great week.